Hey guys, welcome back to That Florida Feeling. How are you guys? I hope you're good. I hope you've had a fun week. I hope everybody celebrated Halloween and did their thing. Ate lots of candy, saw some friends, enjoyed the fall, all the fun stuff. Thank you to everyone who interacted with my Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter pages. You guys are amazing. And apparently we all agree that the west side of Florida has better beaches. I mostly agree with you guys. I love the panhandle, though. It's just got, it's just really pretty, and parts of it just seem so untouched. But yeah, Clearwater really is called Clearwater for a reason. Uh, you guys are just amazing. Thank you so much for always interacting. I really appreciate it. And for telling me what you feel is underrated in Florida. I agree definitely that the nature and the wildlife and the plants and all that stuff is just an untouched thing in Florida. It's such a pretty area, but most people just kind of flock to the theme parks and the beaches. But there's just so much more to this state. Don't forget to like, subscribe, and turn on notifications so you guys don't miss any episodes. Uh, if you have a second, please leave a five-star review on Apple. I want more people to see how awesome this podcast is, and you guys have been really helpful in that. So thank you so much. So we're not going to talk about anything spooky. Spooky time is over. It's thankful time. I hope you guys have a lot to be thankful for this year. Uh, Today, though, we're just going to talk about something fun. Uh, Part of Florida's history I don't think a lot of people really realize uh, is actually a part of Florida. So when you think of elephants, peanuts, clowns, and acrobats, what do you think of? You think of Dumbo? Don't feel bad if you did, because I do too. Uh, But we're not talking about Dumbo. We're actually going to talk about what inspired Dumbo, and that's the circus. Did anybody go to a circus when they were a kid? I went a couple times. I don't know if it was something I truly enjoyed, but it was was definitely fun. Uh, But, yeah, the circus isn't around anymore. But it's still around in Florida, believe it or not. Um, And Florida actually has a long history involving the circus. And you can actually still see the influences of the circus in certain parts of Florida. Now, of course, Florida did not invent the circus. It was around long before it became home in Florida, but it did call it home eventually. And at one point, it was the winter home for the Ringling Brothers and Barnum and Bailey Circus. And they kind of just took over this small town and turned it into something so much more. And if you don't know what town I'm talking about, I'm talking about Sarasota. Sarasota, Venice, that kind of area, they really have to thank the circus for some of their success in growing as a town, uh, especially one town in particular we'll talk about. And it all started in 1927 when John Ringling moved the winter headquarters from Connecticut to Sarasota, Florida. I would agree that Sarasota is a much better place to be in the winter than Connecticut. Uh, And the move to Florida actually helped establish the area as a haven for circus performers, their families, workers, and really everybody in the circus industry. And that's really how it kind of grew that area to become much more and kind of what it is today. So let's see how this one simple move really changed one part of Florida for the better. So like I said, 1927 was when Ringling officially moved the circus winter headquarters to Florida. And it turned out to be a good move basically for everybody. Uh, Warmer weather, got to do the circus year round in Florida. It grew the town. It brought in jobs in the economy, so that was really good for literally everybody involved um, because they probably weren't making much money as a circus in the winter because touring in the cold and the animals probably don't like that. People don't like that, so it's probably a good thing. Uh, But it did. It took over Sarasota and that area, and the influence, like I said, spread down to Venice, and it's just more of the west coast of the state. Now, Ringling had come to Sarasota 
uh, about the time that the land boom was happening. Um, so the Sunshine State was already growing, uh, but it wasn't really growing so much in that area. And he had really hoped to change that. He opened the winter headquarters to the public on Christmas Day in 1927. And, of course, that brought with it a rush of investors, tourists, the population boom, and everything that goes with it. Now, the winter headquarters brought hundreds of thousands of tourists to the winter home of the circus. And it even became the number one attraction in the state for a while. Um, So... What did that really, really mean for, like, the town of Sarasota? Uh, Of course, it meant a lot of people. It meant a lot more tourists, building more roads, building more houses. But it was really, really good for the state, especially since this was the time that people were spreading out and really starting to explore Florida. Uh, But it also meant that Sarasota became a super diverse area. Uh, As many performers, their families uh, bought homes, moved in the area, took up in the towns from Sarasota to Venice, even kind of created their own town. Uh, And the performers did this. They actually really did kind of create a town. It was already founded, but they really took it over. Uh, And you may not have heard of it. It's in the Tampa, Sarasota area. It's in Hillsborough County, which is where Tampa is. Uh, But it's Gibsonton. And Gibsonton is an unincorporated community in Hillsborough County. It's just south of Tampa on the eastern side of Tampa Bay. By the way, Tampa Bay is a body of water and not the name of the town. I feel the need to say that every time because I hear people, oh, you're from Tampa Bay. No, I do not live in a body of water. Sorry, side rant. I'm good. Uh, Back to Gibsonton. Gibsonton was actually founded in 1884 when James Gibson Sr. from Alabama moved to the area. He bought 150 acres to Homestead. And, of course, it was along the mouth of Alifaya River, so it did really well. He actually even built up the small town. He had two fellow uh, people who really helped out, and that was Granville Plant and F.L. Henderson, and they built a school in the growing area and kind of got people to come and join their little community. And of course, the community stayed, and it continued to grow as the circus performers came with the circus to its winter headquarters in the Tampa, Sarasota, Venice area. And the town really kind of became known as a home for the performers and their families. Uh, such famous performers like Priscilla the Monkey Girl, Lobster Boy, a set of Siamese twins even took up and ran a small fruit stand in the town, and all these people felt really accepted in Gibsonton. It offered great warm weather, but it also gave unique zoning laws to its circus residents. So not only did it allow them to live there, but it allowed them to keep elephants and circus trailers in their front lawns. Uh, You might even see a person training a tiger or working on their axe in their yards, and that really gave them acceptance. The town even became home to the world's strangest couple. Yes, that's officially what this couple is called. And the world's strangest couple is Al and Janine Tamaney. Now, Al was eight and a half feet tall, meaning that he was one of the tallest men in the world. Might still have been today. And Janie, on the other hand, was only two and a half feet tall. She also went by the nickname Half Girl, the Half Girl. Hence, the world's strangest couple. And this couple was in the circus, and they made their home in Florida. Uh, Al even really took up in the area and ran a fishing camp called the Giants Camp. But that didn't, that's not really all he did. He really wanted to make the town his own, so he also became the tallest police chief and the tallest fire chief in history by running both the police and the fire stations for the town. And this couple really kind of helped open the door for others to live comfortably in Gibsonton. Uh, They felt like they could live there free of judgment, especially with the other performers. The town really took to the new residents, which was really cool. And they even opened a post office that had a counter specifically for dwarfs. 
It was the only one that had a counter just for dwarfs. Uh, the bars welcomed their new uh, patrons and really created an area just for them having special seats for the fat lady and special seats for the giant and all the different performers in between. And this is really how the town earned its nickname, Showtown USA. And if you've ever been to the Tampa area and you never got to go to Gibsonton, I really recommend it. It's an interesting, really cool area where you can still see the effects of the circus on this town. Um, people's yards still have, run, uh, not run down, but retired circus acts, uh, props, rides in their yards. And it's really just a cool town that embraced its past and still lives with it to today. Now, Gibsonton is also the location of the International Independent Showman's Association, or Gibtown Showman's Club. And it's a nonprofit organization made up of people in the outdoor amusement industry. Now, the original club building was opened in 1996, and it's actually expanded since then to the largest showman's association in the U.S. The club actually has over 4,500 members uh, all over the U.S., and even people from other countries have joined this prestigious club. The town even has an international independent showman's museum uh, to kind of tell their backstory, and it's a really cool museum. It's two stories, and it houses a wide assortment of antique equipment, historically printed materials such as handbills and prints and posters, uh, and detailed exhibits that tell the story of carnies and the carnival, as well as the circus. Now, the museum displays photos that shows the carnival and circus setups through the years, so it kind of shows you where it was, how it was going and where it ended. Um, sadly, it did end. Uh, but you can still visit the museum to see all these wonderful uh, photos through the years. Uh, it does mainly focus on carnival transportation and how Gibsonton played a role in the carnival's history. And the museum is one of the first to really have a real exhibit inside of its museum that dedicated to this profession. And it even has a Ferris wheel. And it was one of the first Ferris wheels in the U.S., and it's set up right in the middle of the exhibits. So you can actually look at the wheel, as well as costume work uh, and costumes worn by famous burlesque dancer Gypsy, Lee, Gypsy Rose Lee, excuse me, and an outfit worn by Viking giant Johan K. Peterson. So it really does kind of pay homage to its performers, its lifestyles, and its history. Uh, the town is also home to the largest trade show in the carnival industry. The exhibits include rides, food supplies and equipment, concession trailers, electrical supplies, insurance companies, novelty items, plush toys, other kinds of souvenirs, and jewelry. And that means that the town really did embrace its residents, and it accepted them, and it allowed them a place to be free and to grow and to really just do their thing. Um, and that's kind of helped to create and sustain this unique town. Um, when I was looking up stuff about the town, it's actually growing, uh, which is really, really cool. Um, Sadly, the circus doesn't perform anymore, so it's not that most of them are still living there that are retired, but other people are moving in and accepting the town for what it is. And so that's a really unique way to preserve its history and to continue to grow. Now, of course, Gibson Town was not the only one that really took up to the performers. Uh, Sarasota uh, grew from the circus. As the headquarters really stayed there, and it really developed parts of what we see in Sarasota today. Uh, it embraced the changes as well as parts of the town that even kind of still feel like a circus town to this day, um, and it should. Sarasota is currently home to more circus headquarters, retired and active performers, and all things dedicated to the circus life more than any other place in the world. 
So they really embraced and owned their circus life. And that's really cool. Uh, it even holds a museum that holds the arts and artifacts from John and Mabel Ringling, as well as the Circus Museum and an art library. Now, the town fully embraced the reputation for the area when a theme park called Circus World opened uh, on a property owned by the Ringling Brothers, and this opened in 1974. Now, the park wasn't so much near Sarasota. It's actually near what we think of Disneyland, Disney World today. It opened in, or well, not exactly Orlando. You have to say Orlando because a lot of people don't know where Haynes City is. But Haines City is in Polk County, and the theme park Circus World was located near the I-4 and US-27 interchange. And having driven that area so much, it's hard to imagine where this theme park would have stood, with it, which as much is over there. But it makes sense, because it wasn't far from where Disney World would end up being and other theme parks. And the theme park was actually super popular in the area. It even drew 1.3 million people to the park in 1979. If Circus World sounds familiar and you've listened to my other episodes, I did talk about it on the History of Theme Parks in Florida, one of my first episodes. Uh, go back and listen to it. Hopefully it's not too cringeworthy. <laughs> but I'll tell you a little bit about this theme park in this episode as well because it is a circus thing. Uh, honestly, Circus World sounds like a fun place. I think I would have liked to have gone. And that's because Circus World had a showcase that was a huge, large building that just looked like a circus tent. So just imagine walking into this massive circus tent. And the building was actually a theater. It was a IMAX theater and a movie theater. The theme park had many things other than the theater, such as carousels, elephant performances, elephant and camel rides, a center ring for circus performers to show off their routines, a zoomerang, which sounds like a really cool roller coaster, which was a single loop ride that went a top speed of 45 miles per hour, a wooden roller coaster called the Hurricane, a swinging ship attraction, a western stampede show, high divers, tightrope walkers, polar bear shows, and even a swing ride. So the park sounds like it was doing really good and it kept up with a lot of attractions. It sounds like a fun place where you could really go and get lost in the fun and the craziness of what could have been a really huge circus. Uh, the park even actually had lessons for people who wanted to learn stunts and performances to possibly be in the circus one day. Uh, it really kept to its roots as long as it was open. Now, of course, the park's attendance and popularity started to decline with the opening of Disney World. And to try to stay afloat, they put out vintage objects and exhibits up for auction. Uh, and this actually included the 1921 original Marcus Ellen's Coney Island Carousel. Can you imagine? That's amazing. Unfortunately, it did not really help with the popularity of the park. And the park actually closed on May 10th, 1986. But that doesn't mean that the circus died that day in Florida. No. In fact, it still lives on, like I said, in Gibsonton and Sarasota. In fact, Sarasota is home to the Ringling Estate. And the Ringling Estate is beautiful. If you ever get the chance to go, the grounds, the, the mansion, the museums are just massive and beautiful and just so much full of just interesting history. Not only of the circus, but of like art history and of parts of Florida. And this is located on a 66-acre estate in on Sarasota Bay and of course like I said it's made up of several attractions that you can wander through so why did the Ringlings pick Sarasota well they came to Sarasota in 1901 and they purchased the waterfront estate that they have now to the, or had it until their death that's still there to this day and they bought it 10 years later in 1911 and they lived on the original property and the original property actually had a house that was built in 1895 
And I guess at some point they decided they wanted to build a new winter residence. And they completed this massively beautiful house in 1926. Now the house is very unique. It's built with many different styles. Uh, Mediterranean Revival is definitely one of the styles uh, with huge, beautiful themed ele elements, massive windows and archways. And the reason they did this is because they really fell in love with the architecture of Europe when they would go over to Europe. And so they thought about bringing it back to Florida. They named the residence, and I'm not going to say this right, and unfortunately when I wrote this, I didn't realize how hard this was going to say, and so you're going to hear me butcher this many times. I apologize, but it's Cadizan, or I'm going to say it like that. And that's the Venetian dialect for the House of John, which makes sense because John Ringling. Now, the house gained national attention as soon as it was completed, and it was called the Venetian Palace in Florida. It's, it's beautiful. If you Google it just to see how this monstrous, beautiful piece of architecture looks. Uh, it was even featured in magazines. Country Life magazine featured a whole piece on it in 1927. Now, the idea behind the house was meant to be an impressive place for a showcase or a show palace or entertaining, as these people were known for. And the first floor was mainly built just for the purpose of entertainment and included a reception room, a lounging room, a breakfast room, a dining room, a great hall, and even a ballroom. And just to go a step further, they even had artists paint murals for the elaborate interiors to match the elaborate exterior. Now, Mabel and John loved this home, and they even filled the home with antiques and elaborate furnishings, many of which they got from auctions from Gilded Age Estates. They even claim that the house was an homage to the Yolded Age, which, if you aren't sure what that is, Google it. You'll absolutely see the beautiful pieces of furniture and artwork and decor. And I kind of understand why they picked this. It's a beautiful time. So, they love their home, and they would go to the home every year. Uh, unfortunately, Mabel passed only a few years after it was done in 1929. But that didn't stop John. He would go and visit, be near his wife's memory, and he passed away, unfortunately, in 1936. Cadizan was actually part of John's bequest to the state of Florida, along with the John and Mabel Ringling Museum of Art. And the Museum of Art we'll talk about, but it's basically a memorial art museum that was supposed to be part of their Philip... I don't know why I wrote this word. I hate saying this word. Philanthropic. Woo! Sounded out. Uh, philanthropic legacy that was really meant to be their gift to the state of Florida. And the estate was given to the state of Florida with the understanding that they were never able to change the name of the museum. It should always say the Ringling Museum. And it still does to this day. The sad part about it, this estate was that it took a long time to settle everything with debts, claims, debts, claims from the heirs, taxes, anything and everything, and people trying to get their hands on it before the state of Florida finally was able to take control of the estate. Now, what that meant for this beautiful home was that it sat uninhabited from 1936 to 1946, and some of it deteriorated due to lack of climate control. Now, they've since revamped it, fixed it up, and made sure that it looks just as good as it could, and they were actually able to open it to the public the same year they got it, in 1946, and it is officially part of the State Art Museum of Florida. Now, the house was so famous that thousands of visitors lined up on the very first day you could just to walk through this gorgeous property. And the house is still a famous roadside attraction and continues to fascinate the public to this day. And it really is just a beautiful work of architecture. 
I definitely recommend you guys Googling it. If you live in Florida or visiting that part of Florida, make a day trip or a weekend trip of it. You will not be disappointed. And the property was actually listed on the National Register of Historic Places as of 1982, so it is protected property. Now, the art museum. The art museum in itself is an amazing work of art. Uh, the John and Mabel Ringling Museum of Art is the official state art museum for Florida. It is also located in Sarasota on the estate grounds. It was established in 1927 as part of the Ringling's legacy. And the museum is amazing. It is full of so many beautiful and wonderful things. It actually offers 21 galleries of European paintings as well as Cyprus. I'm going to say Cyprus because I can't say that word. Antiques from the, the island of Cyprus as well as Asian, American, and contemporary arts. The current collection actually consists of 10,000 objects that include paintings, sculptures, drawings, prints, photographies, and decorative art from periods of the ancient all the way through contemporary that are from around the world. So they really did love their art and they valued the history of it and they wanted to share it with everybody else, which really is a cool part of their legacy. They could have sold it, they could have given it away, but instead they wanted the public to be able to view and enjoy it. Now the Ringling Estate that includes more than just the Houting Art Museum. It also includes the Circus Museum, of course the Cotizan, the house itself, uh, historic Aslo Theater, which I, I looked it up and I was getting really weird um, mixtures on it. I guess it's a really cool theater that sits on the property. Uh, I've seen the outside of it, never got to go in it. Uh, I really want to know more about it. I tried to find stuff for it on this and it was didn't really have a lot of info on it which kind of was strange to me or I just didn't look in the right place which is totally plausible uh, but the estate continued to grow it did add a visitor's pavilion a studio glass exhibit a learning center complete with a miniature circus the Ringling Art Library and Cuneo Conservation Lab a gallery for Asian art and a gallery for contemporary art so they've continued to spread the love of art through the Ringlings through these other creations labs galleries to just really help and show um, what people, what the Ringlings were about so that people could continue their legacy. The estate also has immaculately beautiful grounds. So they took care of the grounds as much as they did the buildings. There's a beautiful dwarf garden that is complete with statues from Europe and a rose garden with beautiful landscapes that actually overlook Sarasota Bay. Now, you, said, you heard me say that there's a circus museum on the grounds of the estate, and that's correct. It was established in 1948, and it is the first of its kind to document the full history of the circuses. This one is more dedicated to circuses, whereas the one in Gibsonton is more de dedicated to carnivals and a little bit of the circus. But this one is solely for the circus, and it has a huge collection of handbills, posters, art, circus papers, business records, wardrobes, performing props, equipment and parade wagons really to show off the history and the evolution of the circus itself. The Tyballs Learning Center, which is next to the museum, actually contains a three-fourth inch, two-foot scale model that display as a display, and it is completely inspired by the Ringing Brothers and Barnum and & Bailey circuses, and it is billed as the world's largest miniature circus. Uh, so it's I can't say it's like a diorama, but it seems like it could be like a diorama um, where it's just an entire miniature scale version of the circus and how it would have looked, which to me is really cool that someone took the time to build that and the detail that went into it. 
you can't quite picture what I'm saying, Google it. You'll be able to see what I'm talking about. Uh, the estate also has John Ringling's private railroad passenger car that was used from 1905 to 1917 to travel with the circus and for private trips. The car is made of wood, uh, and it was actually made of reclaimed wood from other railroad cars, which is cool, and it was named the Wisconsin for his home state. So you can actually see it, the railroad car that he used to ride in with his circus. Like I said, they have a really cool just collection of everything to do with the circus from personal to, you know, the public items. Another cool thing that sits on the estate grounds is the Ringling Art Library. And it is one of the largest reference libraries in the southeastern U.S. The library has, I mean, it's huge. It's massive. It's, it's got so many collect collectibles. It's estimated to be around 90,000 volumes with 800 of those books actually belonging to Ringling himself. Uh, the museum has been around since 1946, but it finally got a permanent home in 2007 in a beautiful building. And a really cool thing about this library is that they host a book club called the Literati Book Club, and it's free. It offers two different meetings, one in the morning and one at night, and they discuss a book. So you not only get to visit this beautiful library, but you can discuss a book that you've possibly read or hear about one that you might want to read in the future, and it's free. They also offer educators' workshops and an online blog. And it is open to the public with a reading room for patrons to view and use the materials. Unfortunately, it is not available for checkout. You cannot, the books cannot leave the property. But it is a really nice place to go if you're looking for, you know, maybe another place to research something or just take in the beautiful grounds. Or just if you like libraries or books, this is probably definitely a place that you would want to check out. Now, the last part of the estate I want to talk about is called the Secret Garden. Um, and this is more of a personal part of the estate. The secret garden is actually where John, Mabel, and John's sister Ida are buried on the grounds of the Katazan. The small garden has three tombstones and a small fence around it. You can visit the grave during visiting hours of the estate, but it is locked at night. They do say that one of the nearby colleges on John's birthday would sneak at night and put a cigar on his grave in his memory. So it's a really cool that they get to continue to live and enjoy their... Uh, estate even in the afterlife that they were buried there now the estate is open for the public like I've said uh, you can enjoy the art and circus legacy left by the ringlings it's open from 10 to 5 every day except for major holidays and it's $25 per person for the museum admission where you can visit the museum of art the circus museum and the bayfront gardens if you want to visit the mansion it's only $10 more and you get to explore the entire bottom floor of the Cotizan, which is where I told you all the beautiful rooms were for entertainment. So that'd probably be what I would want to see. Um, they do have special events that allow you to take Bayfront Garden Tours from November to March. Uh, and it talks about the plants and the historic overview of the state. So that's kind of cool if you're into plants. I think it said it was about 90 minutes. So that might be something to do on a fun, sunny fall day in Florida or spring. So the circus came to town... And it took care of the town. It even took care of the retired performers. And it still does to this day. And I'm not talking about people. Um, in Yulee, Florida, the elephants, the retired circus elephants, are living on White Oak Conservation. And they live in Rome with over 2,500 acres, watering holes, vegetation, and heated barns to live out their retirement and roaming with freedom and not having to perform for anyone. So it's really cool that Florida not only took care of the circus and the people, but it still continues to take care of the animals to this day. 
So Florida has a long history of the circus, and that includes the beautiful estate, the Circus Ring of Fame, which is also in Sarasota in St. Armand's Circle, and it's also home to Sarasota Sailor Circus. Gosh, that's a mouthful. And if you're wondering what the Sailor Circus is, it's actually a place where youth can learn and perform circus acts. So not to get the little ones, uh, not to forget them, it lets them learn, and it really is a really cool program. It's open to this day, and thousands of youth go through the program, and it calls itself the greatest little show on earth. So just because the circus stopped touring a couple years ago, I believe it was 2017, that doesn't mean that the spirit of the circus has died, and especially not in Florida. The circus started in the late 1800s, and it came to Florida in the 1920s, and it made a large mark on the state. You can still see it to this day. It brought people, jobs, and a different kind of entertainment to the Sunshine State. The Ringlings naturally left their mark on Sarasota with their beautiful estates and allowed people to enjoy their collection for years. The Sunshine State is amazing in that it accepts so many different people as proof in Gibsonton. And it really became just a part of the state's history that I don't feel a lot of people know about. I didn't quite realize how much of or certain parts of Florida were really at one time true home to the greatest show on earth. So it was a really cool part of history that I wanted you guys to learn about. Um, like I said, the circus isn't around anymore. Uh, no matter how you feel about that, you cannot deny that it was probably still a place that it would have been a fun thing to still be able to go to to this day, which you still can, thankfully, to the Wrigling's legacy. Uh, you can go see the kids' show, which is, I think, kind of cool, and giving another kids another thing to do outside of the sports and dance. It's just another place to feel your creative tendencies. And I'm sure that... When the circus was here in its heyday, you could see many amazing acts and animals. And I'm sure that if it was still around to this day, there would be an act and a place for Florida Man. And the Florida Man today comes to us from Fort Pierce, Florida. Deputies pulled a man over, and when they were searching the car, they found a bag of cocaine. He told them that either they had placed it there or it had blown in with the wind. Gotta watch that wind, man. It's just bringing you drugs. Um, but they also found an open can of Budweiser and a pipe in the car. So pretty sure it wasn't the cops or the wind. And Florida man, how you never stop amazing us with your stupidity. I would say never change, but I don't think you will. I hope you guys learned a few things about the circus. Found a new town you want to explore, a museum you want to go visit the next time you're in western Florida. I hope this was a good change from the spooky and the serial killers and the ghosts that we've been talking about. So I wanted to do something fun and lighthearted. Thank you guys for listening. Uh, don't forget to tell people about the podcast and how amazing it is. So keep this thing going as long as we can. As you guys always know, you're, you're amazing, but stay amazing. Don't forget to participate in the polls and questions on Instagram and Facebook. It's always fun to hear other people's opinions. If you have a second, that review would be appreciated. Don't forget to drink water, wear your sunscreen, bundle up if you aren't in sunny, warm Florida. And as always, guys, that's your daily dose of sunshine.